President Biden, he is saying he's going to run again in 2024. Will you support him? You know, if the president chooses uh, to run again in 2024, I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now uh, and preserving a majority this year in 2022. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, but I think if if the president has a vision and that's something certainly we're all willing to entertain and examine when the when the time comes. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. We got a fun one in store for you today. In addition to your usual cast of characters, we have Governor Chris Christie in oh, studio yes. with us. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am here and ready to be ruthless. <laughs> and you've decided to put uh, your career in our hands for the next hour, which is really, I mean, it's well, questionable at some level. Believe me, I've done much more questionable things than this, and I'm still here. So. <laughs> So let's roll the dice and see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> you were met. So uh, the intro was AOC refusing to support Joe Biden's reelection because every if you ask anybody in the White House, of course, President Biden is running. He, he can't uh, spit out so much of a sentence, but of he's course. barely he's barely walking, let alone running. I mean, come on. <laughs> right, right. And AOC's onto this evidently because oh, she's she, not committing herself. Well, look, I mean, she didn't commit herself the last time. <laughs> she came to the convention kicking and screaming with her with her Bernie Sanders shirt on, I think. So, she you know, did. she look, she's there's no shot that she wants to be with Joe Biden. She never did want to be. She as long as want to be. And uh that was really actually very diplomatic for AOC. Thought so too. I mean, I thought she would call him like a, you know, driveling old man and you know, just like end it right there. So actually, she's really learning Washington stuff. She's it, becoming Washington AOC. Yeah. Establishment AOC. Establishment AOC. That's an establishment answer. It, it really was. I mean, the whole, uh, uh, we'll see what vision he has for America. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's oh, worried oh, about that's that. What she's, she's, you know, she's ready to pour over the data <laughs> to look at Joe Biden's platform and see if it measures up. But, but I mean, it's got to be really tough for Joe because he, he has basically given them the like backdoor Green New Deal. He right. shut down Keystone XL. He's doing like basically everything the Bernie folks have wanted, and they're still like, I don't want anything to do with this. Guy. Oh, it's never it's, enough. It's awful. <laughs> he's like he's like the opposite of Sally Field when she won her first Oscar. Remember? She said they like me. They yeah. really like me. He's like they don't like me. They really don't like me. I mean, no matter what he does, it doesn't matter. Does they're not, not going to like him. They're not going to. They're not going to respect him. And they're gonna they're gonna stick it to him if they can. With such a gifted orator, it's really it's <laughs> it's difficult to under. Well, understand. sometimes charisma's not everything, as you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know it, can't, it can't always carry the day. I mean, you're making note of uh, uh, Karen Nagasaki, who he has uh, praised earlier today. You know, here's this Asian civil rights leader who he's trying to talk about, and he so badly butches up her name that he calls her. After the second place that we dropped an atomic bomb on Japan. I mean, it's almost, it's like if Saturday Night Live did that, people would go, oh, come on. It's racy if they Right, he would never do that. Like, that's, come on, don't make Biden seem senile. No, no. Saturday Night Live should just not do skits on him anymore. They should just do the real stuff. Just play the real stuff during the show. Print transcripts. Yeah, here it is. Have somebody playing and reading directly. 
from the Biden transcripts. Nobody <laughs> says Karen Nagasaki. I mean, it's really something you, you have now the Biden administration at the point where what would be a good Saturday Night Live skit is just a Monday morning. Right. That's just Monday morning <laughs> yeah. around the White House now. That's it. Uh, so, all right. So, obviously, we've got the gov in the house. Um, we also wanted to start with Predicted as a sponsor of ours. So, I don't know, Governor, if you've played this yet. Not but yet. Predict it makes markets in the political game, right? And it allows you to sort of wager who's going to win, who's going to lose. We've been having a blast with this because, you know, I yeah. mean, like, look, we stay pretty plugged in on it. And uh, may or may not be a degenerate gambler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. As the guy who started sports gambling in every state in America, I'm all for well, it. Yeah. That's right. You did. Yeah. You basically That's did. That's Christie versus the NCAA, baby. That's yeah. what got us sports gambling. Uh-huh. So let's go. Let's expand it. <laughs> So, so here we go, and it turns out, uh, well, we've we've kind of been doing okay. Been doing pretty well. Been doing pretty well. I mean, so one market uh, that I am in right now that's that's actually gotten a nice little bump is will Trump announce in 2022? And you know, I bought in at like ten cents or something like that, and it's it's getting up there because he's talking about maybe doing some sort of Fourth of July announcement or something mm. like that. I mean. I felt pretty confident that he was going to announce. What so do you think? You think he's announcing in 2022? I think the worse he does in these primaries, the more likely it is he'll announce. Mm. It's going to have to be something. Because everything in, with Trump is counterintuitive, right? So most people would say, I'm losing some of these contested primaries. Maybe I should give it a second thought about whether I should really run or not. Mm. He's like, I've got to prove that it's not about me. It's about them. So the way to do that is to announce and show all of the great things I'll be able to accumulate in terms of support between them. That's that. I mean, I've known him for 21 years. That's the way the, the mind works. Mm. That's the way he's. It, well, look. So you're in this market. You've already said he's gonna he's gonna do it. Yeah. I mean, I um I bought in at 24 cents. It's up to 37 cents. Look at you right now. Oh, he's yeah. a money maker. Look I at mean, you. this is the big a big deal. I made a 80, capitalist. I made 80, <laughs> 87 bucks. Hey, look at you. I feel pretty now, good. Hey, let me ask you, did, did Smug have David Perdue plus 54 points? <laughs> that was a hell of a win. <laughs> a route. Like, I mean, I, what I, an I, ass beating that was. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I thought Kemp was going to win. And then the closer you got to it, like the campaign, I think the campaign put out that statement where they're like, it's not going to be us losing by 30 points. Right. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna lose. I, I mean, what a great message! A week before the primary, where no one's, few people have voted already. They're like, "Look, we're gonna lose. We know we're gonna lose." I was down there the week before. I campaigned with Kemp for a full day the the Tuesday before the primary, and I on Monday I said, "Okay, well, let me see what Purdue's been saying over the weekend, so I can be prepared for press questions and to say some things on Kemp's behalf." I like scan out on the web. There was nothing from Purdue. Nothing. So I called Kemp's campaign manager and I said, I- I'm not finding what Purdue said this weekend. He goes, he he did not do one event all weekend or put out a statement. <laughs> like, a I'm like, is he in the witness protection program? <laughs> like, like, he's already been in the way. He's he's already, his name is now John Smith. And he's, and he's, <laughs> he's in Wyoming. Outside, he's living outside Scottsdale, you know. It's, <laughs> And some track homes. It's really great. <laughs> well, that was it. And we had, you know, we had Kemp on the program right afterwards. And I thought he would do like a full victory lap. No, sir. Oh, no. No. Let me tell you, he is focused. Yeah. I mean, focused. And, you know, I said this uh, to a few of the Purdue folks early on. I'm like, guys, you know, you're working for a United States senator. You do not understand what a, a motivated and pissed off governor can do yeah. when you come after him. And 
Purdue. Well, if anybody can speak to that. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me just say I was a private advisor to Kemp. Uh, some of those things. But he, you know, you saw the things he did, like, you know, took Sonny Purdue out of the mix. Yeah. You know, made him the you know, chancellor of the right. University yep. of Georgia. Beautiful. Right, university system. Um, $5,000 pay raise for every teacher in Georgia, right? Tax cut. I mean, all of these things he did between when Purdue announced yeah. and, and, and the, the primary. I just, you know, the governor wants to do it. Don't challenge a sitting governor. He cut off every path. Well, and, then, oh. and not to mention, like, also, you know, he was attacked by former President Donald Trump on, you know, the election and all that stuff. And the first thing he does is pass an election law reform bill, right? Yeah. Like, he goes at the hardest issue. Well, and also, it, I think it benefited him somewhat that Democrats had a conniption fit about the whole right. thing. Jim right. Jim Crow 2.0. Jim right. Crow 2.0. Yeah. And then they have record turnout. Record turnout. Yeah. And I love, uh, Stacey Abrams says, when I was down in Georgia, she said, let me just say this. Voter suppression has nothing to do with turnout. <laughs> I can't wait to repeat that over and over yeah. again in the fall race. Like, That's right. Like, remember, if your your voters are suppressed, it doesn't mean that they won't turn out. <laughs> right. It's amazing. And she's simultaneously very concerned with voter integrity, and yet it's never conceded her own election. Yeah. <laughs> right. What Trump does is completely reprehensible and, and a threat to our democracy. However, I'm not conceding, and neither is Hillary. <laughs> And we discussed that again at dinner the other night when we were together. I mean, okay. it's just crazy. But Kemp plus fifty four. If you had that, I mean, that was Kemp minus fifty four. You lose. That, that, you know? that was that was a massive win. And, and, and like Duncan brought up, passing that election integrity bill. Right. When when Democrats spend a summer, Stacey Abrams even has uh, ghost edited an opinion that she writes right. saying that like we got to get the All Star Game out of town. Yep. And then a record number of voters show up. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Coca-Cola goes after him. Delta goes after him. The All-Star game leaves. And, you know, but that's Kemp. Like, he, he decided, this is what I'm going to do. This is the path to victory. Hell with it. I'm yeah. going. You got it and done. going. And it's, you know, that takes some guts. It does. Because do there were a lot of people in his ear telling him to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can imagine. Like, I, I always explain to Holmes, like, yeah, being a senator is one thing. There's like 100. Oh, no, come on. Yeah, you're a governor go. and you got to run a state, you got to make these tough decisions. Don't think yeah. this is altruistic. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an altruistic no, I, move. I am him. confident it's not. <laughs> but it doesn't make me enjoy it a bit less. <laughs> I, I won't say which one, but when Frank Lautenberg died and I was governor, I was going to have to appoint a senator. Yeah, I remember this. And and um, and my, I got a call from a former governor, who was a United States senator at that time. I won't say which one. And he was the second person who called me after Lautenberg died. Literally, second person over. The first one was someone who, of course, wanted to be the senator. The second <laughs> one, you know, where the the body was not yet to the mausoleum, and you know, they boom, they're making the call. But then this guy calls and he says, "Don't do it." <laughs> For God's sake, don't appoint yourself. This is the worst job on earth. <laughs> don't leave the governorship to be a senator. Don't do it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to. No, I'm serious. There are going to be people to tell you to do it. Don't do it. I'm like, all right. Good Jesus, okay, I won't do it. That was a liar. So you should, you should, you should discontinue that relationship. It's misled you too long. So, so here are big primaries on Tuesday. There's one in Nevada, which is extremely important. Um... Because Adam Laxalt, who, you know, full disclaimer, we've done some work with Adam, uh, is probably the top recruit from Republicans this cycle nationwide. His primary is on Tuesday, looks good, it's up 15 points or so. But immediately following that, 
he's got a pole lead against Catherine Cortez Masto in the last sort of blue state left standing for for Democrats. And so, th- I mean, look, this that's a very big one, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you would have thought about this right after the 2020 election, you're like, yeah, Nevada, that, like, that's a gettable seat. You know, it's 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 a battleground seat. But like now it's like firmly in the middle of like the key races to win totally. the cycle. Right. Like, I mean, we're going to have a good year. I mean, but we got to keep working at it, obviously. But there's not it's not just Nevada. There's also South Carolina. A um, couple of big house races there. Yeah. Some like, you know, Republican primaries that might be interesting. The Mace versus Arrington uh, primary. Um, I think Nancy Mace is going to pull that out. She's but, the uh, incumbent. Yeah. Yeah. See, but and, Arr- and Arrington was endorsed by President Trump, right? Right. Yep. Arr- and 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 she ran in 2018 um, and and lost in the 2018 midterm. So this is a rematch. Uh, or there's a redistrict. No, it's there. a redistrict. redistrict yeah. yeah it's oh, a redistrict. okay. Yeah. All right. All so right. That'd be an interesting one to watch there. So there's a market, I'm sure, for that. There is. Uh, and, I, and I campaigned for Tom Rice and just did a I was just TV say, commercial for him. So what, what, what's the market on that one? Uh, well, I, I haven't gotten into any of the South Carolina stuff in large part because I'm always baffled by how this thing. I mean, there's a bunch of different there's 500 elements. races you got to keep track of. Yeah, there's just <laughs> a lot of different elements of, you know, because you've got, you have. Look, Trump blew out the competition in South Carolina, obviously. He's got a huge following there. But then you also have, you know, Nikki Haley's and you've got this, you know, Tom Rice, perfect example of that. Nancy Mace is a per- she's kind yep. of more of the libertarian <clears throat> side. So there's a bunch of different pieces of the Republican Party. Mace there. is favored, according to Predict It, pretty handily. But Tom Rice trading down at eight cents. Eight cents. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Governor. Yeah. We'll hey. see. We're going to get him over the finish line? Well, You've done I don't what know you, now. I've done, done what I can. <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe I don't it's think a quality that's buy. That's it could in be a quality buy at eight cents. We, we got to see how many points are on the TV ad. We'll see how the market moves as a result. That's of exactly it. right. So <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much. That's exactly that. right. Exactly right. I don't know how many points he's put behind it, but uh, if he doesn't put enough, I'll just be like Trump. Well, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so we'll put what we'll do uh, is we'll tweet out again our ruthless promo code. Uh, again, so you can get your free 20 bucks. Yeah, predicted.org backslash ruthless. Predicted.org, it's that easy? Yeah. Well, I, I remember it being more difficult than that. Is it? I don't know. We're going to tweet Oh, yeah, out. no, no, you're, you're right. It is. It is predicted.org backslash promo backslash ruthless see, 20. See, who's looking out for you? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Somebody was about to get screwed out there. Yeah. If it wasn't, <laughs> thanks a lot. If it wasn't for Holmes, you'd be... Uh, thanks, uh, Holmes. Thanks for standing up. Yeah. <laughs> I got you your 20 Once bucks. again, for the people. That's <laughs> 100%, 100% right. All right. So I wanted to start out with a little bit of an exercise with you, Governor, because this is, this is as we've talked before, you don't know what the future brings. Right? You never know. And you, you may run for president again. You may not. Right. You may have a, a good thing going in your in your current career. You may not want to do anything at all. I would understand that if that was. But the one thing that we've come to grips with, with you in particular, is mm-hmm. if you're on that debate stage, somebody's got a problem. Yeah. Someone's going to pay a very dear yeah. price. <laughs> yeah. and, and personally, yes. this is, I mean, one of my favorite moments, I, I'm beyond just in politics, probably of my life. Right. Uh, full disclosure. Folks, I know what's coming. He here. has no children. So. Full, full, dis- yeah. full disclosure, folks in Florida, you know, you should go ahead and vote for the Republican candidate. 
Yeah. <laughs> who is in cycle. I'm, However. Uh, yes, I, I would vote for Marco if I lived in Florida. There was a tremendous moment during the 2016 presidential Republican debates yeah. where you he just. can't help himself. I know. I have never seen. I mean, it was it was, it was was more horrific than like any of these like execution videos you can see <laughs> on the internet. It's horrific. Just you and, and, and Marco on that debate stage. And you just dismantled this guy, just tore him apart every from from his very core of his being. Yeah, in front of live cameras. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. Remorseless. Well, Welcome to New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, he just was not ready for this kind of like. I mean, I had been saying it for a week, so like you know, to make sure that we got the question, you know, I'd been calling him the boy in the bubble, and you know, poor Marco, you know, his his town halls are three scripted questions, and then he runs away, and all this stuff. So to make sure we were going to get the question, I just from the time we left Iowa till we got to New Hampshire, I was saying this. So I don't know how he was. Now, he, if you talk to his campaign guys, they will tell you they had him ready. Um, and he decided they, to well, take that's some a great campaign path. staff. They're like, it wasn't our fault. He's an idiot. Well, that's <laughs> I'm exactly right. That's what they did. They up at Harvard afterwards. They were like, oh, you're not our fault. You know, <laughs> not our problem. Well, we wanted to we wanted to take just a handful of potential candidates and just oh. sort of talk, <laughs> just sort of talk about like how you'd approach it. We are not asking you to attack anybody. No, but like uh, Rand Paul. If he runs, well, already did that. I, well, yeah, but I just want to already know, did it, that. Have you I mean, amplified this at all? Well, I, I mean, you know, what's what more is there to say about Rand Paul? I mean, I look, I, I, I would the next time. I think what I did wrong the first time was I spent too much time on Rand Paul. You know, like I, I, I it was about forty you seconds of both going after him. On that? Not both chambers, but you know, a full chamber of right between the eyes thing and and in the end saturday night live made fun of it later because Rand paul i did something and Rand paul went to interrupt and saturday night live wolf blitzer says excuse me sir this is not the time for audience questions <laughs> oh, and Rand paul goes, i'm Rand paul i'm up here so you know that really taught me something so i think if i were to go again i would use the saturday night live approach with Rand paul and if you were saying bad stuff about me i would just act as if it hadn't even been said. I didn't even hear it. You just He's bowl right through that. So irrelevant that I don't even want to bother. All right. So uh, let's do a trickier one. All right. All right. So this, is like, this guy's a friend of yours. Mike Pence. Well, I mean, I think the, the, the most appropriate thing to say would be to say, look, if if it, it looks like you're better now, it, your, your neck was on a hinge for <laughs> four years and you're just nodding up and down from January 20th to January 6th of... You know, 2021. So I'm glad to see you're better. <laughs> this is the best. It's a hell of an approach. I, I, I can't believe how we get to do this show. This is just like the best. It's really so entertaining. But I say that with uh, with the utmost respect. Yeah, no, no. Uh, clearly, you're a respectful man. Of course. Uh, Ted Cruz. Well, look, I... I you know, during the, the 2016 race, the best thing I can say about Ted is Ted thought that Marco was cheating during the debates. He thought that Marco was like getting information during the debates from his staff somehow. Um, so that'll just tell you all you need to know about Ted. Like after the way Marco performed the debate, like Ted, you really think he's cheating? To get <laughs> so you just got to keep your eye on Ted. You never know where he's going to come so you're from. you're going mind games on Ted. Yes. Like planning some things with the backstage crowd. You know, get friendly with the makeup artists. Oh, I like that. That's I what like you really that. want to do. I like that. That was the approach to Carly Fiorina too, but we don't need to talk about that. She's probably not a candidate in the future. Okay. Right? Well, so, so, so I wanted I wanted to ask a really tough one. One you've 
not faced before and definitely probably going to be a candidate in the future, Governor Ron DeSantis. Ooh. Mm. You know, it's going to take some time because I don't really know him. So and he hangs out with your gov pal, so it's going to be tough to take a shot at him. Which gov pal? <laughs> I feel like you have all gov pals. I do, but not, there's do, a do my gov pals all, hang all, out with Ron DeSantis? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Ron hangs out with anybody, from what I can tell. You know, like when I'm at the RGA meetings, oh, yeah, okay. it, it, Ron's pretty much to himself. Does with his, his own thing with his entourage, and he doesn't really. I don't. I don't see him hanging with the other governors. But I'm going to need some time on that one, Smug. I don't. You know, I don't know him well enough. You got to know these guys a little bit. Yeah. You know, once you know them a little bit, then you know what really bothers them. So you maybe take a couple of debates and just sort of feel that thing out. Well, before the debates, you got to be ready once you get on the stage. Yeah. But he's okay. going to be out if he runs. He's going to be out there talking. Do you watch about tape? Stuff. Do you watch tape? Well, sure. You do, don't you? Of course you do. I love That's it. That's awesome. Come I on, love Josh. It. You have to watch some tape. I love it. It's like a quarterback in the film room. <laughs> That's right. Like, you got to watch a little. I mean, you know, <laughs> don't want to do a lot, but you got to, you know, it's late at night. It's 1 a.m. You're looking. You're at the Manchester Marriott. What do you think you're doing? I mean, you can get, 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 get Debate you, tape's the most wholesome thing you can do with your time. Right? I, I mean, you, I, I, you got to be safe. You got to be safe. <laughs> Safety first. Go to your room. You know, order a Domino's and like, you know, just watch some tape. Well, I doubt it's every candidate. I bet you're in the lobby. You could see like Rubio's there with a the coloring book. Being that's how he preps. <laughs> Jesus, he's kind of just can't get enough. That's, that's outrageous. <laughs> it's, 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 I've never, I've never seen him with a coloring book. That's outrageous. <laughs> Thank you for defending his honor. You're damn right, Governor. That, that, that's my uh, friend, uh, Holly, Josh Holly, Senator from Missouri. Look, if I have to do anything, I've failed. <laughs> that's really it i mean like all you have to do is like just hold up the picture of him on january 6th right just like he says something bad about me or my record in new jersey whatever i just get uh governor christie your response you just go you just hold the picture up just hold the picture that's up. what you got see for me i i have a, a theory that it's really difficult for like a senator to run for president as opposed you to like see, a I governor this is just unbelievable no but i mean it's I mean, a, he's the, really earning the thing, the thing yeah. is that like yeah. it's, it's you're, you're an executive right the right. president's an executive a governor's an executive so you kind of build up the kind of you know tools and i think it's the same reason that trump was able to win it's the executive right you build up the tools you know you're accountable for Don't people go too far, you gotta get easy. <laughs> okay easy I, I watched a lot of that didn't see a lot of executive stuff going on just go easy, Smug. I'm with you, but let's just don't go too far out over your skis. So here's the last name I've got for you, and I'm pretty sure he's not running for president, but i got to get your reaction. Yeah. I have to. All right. Rudy. <laughs> it's so sad because, you know, he, when I ran in 09, he was the only out-of-state person that I allowed to come in and campaign for me. And, and the Rudy from back then to the Rudy now, I don't, I don't recognize him. I mean, I, he was a superstar. Look, he was America's mayor. He, even after he lost the presidential race, I still think there was a certain prestige to Rudy Giuliani about what he had done and what he represented. And, and I can't tell you, I, you know, it's, I'm just sad. Yeah. I'm sad over over it. And I saw it today, you know, when Jason Miller's out there saying you were drunk on election night. I mean, that was the testimony today. Like, That's you know, brutal. who was who was, in, who was inebriated in the White House on election night? And Jason Miller with his K95, N95 mask on is going, uh, 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 Rudy Giuliani. Yes, he was definitely inebriated. Uh, and, you know, for him to have gone from where he was to that. And the you know the the, the appearance outside the four seasons, oh, yeah, the landscaping, the, the landscaping, <laughs> and, the, the hair dye running the hair, down, the, his yeah, face. all yeah. that stuff. I mean, it's just it's sad. I feel bad for him. I really do. And I I don't know what happened to him, um, but I think in the end, if Rudy 
we're 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 up on the stage. That's one of those where it's kind of the advice like I gave to Trump, and you can tell how much he listened to my advice this time before the first debate with Biden. After we get done with four days of debate prep, and I go to leave to head back up to ABC to do commentary for that night, I'm walking outside the White House, going to my car, and a staff person comes out and says, "President wants to see you one more time. You got to come back in." So I go back upstairs. I go into the Oval Office, and and it's just me and the president. And he says, "All right, you coached me in 16. I won those debates. Tonight's the first one with Biden. I heard everything you've said to me, but one bit of advice: just give me one that you want me to make sure I remember." Swing thought. And I looked at him and I said, "Let Biden talk, because if you let him talk, he'll hang himself." Mm. And he gave me the thumbs up and walked out. And then went on to interrupt him seventy nine times in ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, like it's like so you know when I think about you know the advice that you give to people, and and then Rudy was advising the president to be much more aggressive in the debates and whatever, and what it turns out to be, I I, I feel I feel badly because Rudy was a guy who I have tremendous respect for, but he I, I don't recognize him. No, I don't recognize him. It's, it's and the sad. optics the optics of that debate were so. T- it wasn't just that he was interrupting him. It was like it looked like elder abuse. Like Biden didn't look good. <laughs> But because he kept interrupting Biden, you almost felt bad for Biden. Yeah, it, totally. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. Yeah. I like, you know, look, the, the Biden stuff's just so hard. Like, I played Biden in debate prep for days and days and days. Which is amazing. Which was just so much fun. And and Trump kept interrupting going, he, he'll he never be that good. He won't say anything like that. Ease <laughs> off a little bit. Like, no, no, my job is not to ease off. It's like when I hit you really hard with this stuff, then when you go on the stage, you'll think it's easy. And he's like, he'll never say stuff like that. It's Biden, for God's sake. <laughs> so other than getting COVID and basically almost oh, yeah. taking out the entire uh, senior staff at the at the White House during yeah. those prep sessions, like what's the craziest thing that happened to those things? It, it was, it was um, Mark Meadows doing everything he could to keep Rudy Giuliani out of the room. So he's just like... So it was like like the first day, first day at some point in the first day, because it was the same day as the Amy Coney Barrett announcement. So Rudy was going to be at that. So at some point, Rudy wanders into the map room and all he wants to talk about is Hunter Biden. <laughs> I've got evidence, the laptop, this, he's, you know, all turned out to be right, yeah. but completely irrelevant for the moment. Like no one was going to understand it at that point. The, the story was so new that it couldn't have dug in. You can't introduce all of this into a debate. In a presidential debate, debate doesn't Two minute answers and one minute responses. Right. Like forget it, you can't do it. We're telling them no. And so Meadows had wandered in at one point and he looked at me afterwards and he goes, I know, Rudy won't be here tomorrow. Okay. So the next day, Rudy wasn't there. They, they He came, but he didn't. He couldn't get in the White House. Couldn't get in the room? They, they couldn't get in the building. Really? Yeah, he went to the gate. They're like, Because mm. practically anybody could get at the building. If you're, not, the not, you're not on the list. You're not on a list yeah. for, for, for a pass. And because I saw Rudy later that night and he was like, you kept me out of the debate prep. I, I said, I don't make the list for who comes in the White House, who doesn't. I said, talk to the chief of staff. I don't, I don't know Meanwhile, the Overstock.com guy sitting on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want the my pillow guy is like pouring Diet Cokes. Um, <laughs> so it was just watching Meadows go back and forth trying to to dodge Rudy out of the White House. You know, Rudy would call somebody else, you know, and his son worked there and you know, so he would call somebody and somebody would get him a pass and he'd get in and then all of a sudden he's wandering around he's and trying to find the room. Trying which room are you in? You oh, know? And man. and and we we're so th- there was a lot of crazy stuff of of the staff trying to figure out what was going on. 
but always with the president there was there was always he would just say some of the wildest stuff <laughs> and you know you try to see if it was responsive or not like there was one moment where he um he was going after hunter biden as a complete non sequitur to whatever the way it worked was kellyanne was the questioner she was asking the questions he would he would answer i would answer and we'd go back and forth and that's the way it worked and the rest of them hope stepian uh jason miller stephen miller would just sit there and watch they'd take notes and then when we take a break they'd give some ideas about what they thought and that's pretty much the way we ran it so kellyanne asked a question about i can't even remember what but it had nothing to do with hunter biden and trump gave you know like 15 seconds on whatever the answer was and then he said but you know he's pointing over at me and he said your son's a criminal and you're taking money and you know he, he, dirty money and he's making money sharing the money with you the entire family is done and so you know i let him do that once and 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 i and i didn't really respond directly and then then there was another time he did it again later and i'm like okay i have to teach him a lesson now so i said you know um i usually like as i'm speaking as joe biden now i said you know i like to give families the benefit of the doubt and i like to keep families out of this 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 election this election between me and you mr president doesn't involve our family but since you brought up my son twice now i think it's it's really ironic that you would bring up family you know when your son-in-law and daughter made 46 million dollars last year while they were working in the white house and if you want to try to tell us that that had nothing to do with them leveraging their influence in the white house um to be able to make that kind of money you want to clean up a family? Clean up your own first before you start talking about mine. How do you like oh. that? <laughs> I mean, I think he liked it. I bet that one. He looked problem. at me and 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 he he used a a horrible. I know I can use it on this, but I'm not going to. Well, you're sensible. A, a horrible expletive. Um, <laughs> that's the fun. At, at that's me. the that's the funniest thing about doing debate prep, and we did one recently, Holmes. But it's sort of like roasting your friend. Like it's very awkward. Yeah. You know, it's like you you have to use the worst things that you are saying about your own candidate yeah. to their face, yeah. you know? And smack them. And and he so he said it right to me. And I said, was that for me or for Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, both. Both. It's a good and he answer. Got up, he got up and he stormed out of the map room. Really? Like left. Oh. And we had to go back and get him to get him to come back. That's a great story. Yeah, so that, that was kind of a- that was kind of crazy. And and, and um, and Kellyanne turned to me. She said, "Very effective." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Look, you know, if you're if you're not preparing them with the worst, you're doing them a disservice. No, know? totally, right? Totally. And you know that was like in '16 when he he um, he you know it was the prep right after Access Hollywood. So like remember, Access Hollywood weekend, we got that news while we were in the middle of debate prep. Because it was the Friday before the Sunday debate. That's right. And so all of a sudden, like people are leaving the room. And in the end, the only people left in the room at Trump Tower were me, Trump, and Reince Priebus. And Priebus is the one, the questioner at that time, and I'm playing Hillary. Close your eyes, smug, and think about that. Me as Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them closed. Um, it's, and, it's easier and, than you think. No, you know. And, 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 and so, you know, all of a sudden, all these people are gone, and then Hope Hicks comes back in, and she hands Trump um, two, two pieces of paper stapled together and hands one to me. I think you both need to read this. And it was the transcript of the Access Hollywood tape. <sighs> you know? And Trump's looking at me and he goes, uh, this doesn't sound like me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think this is me. Does this sound like me? He looks at me and I'm like, well, and in the end, he he decides on his answer, as you all remember, which is, 
you know, I apologize for if I offended anybody. I said, can we get rid of if? <laughs> I think this is probably the, the best political layup of all time that someone was offended by that. <laughs> I don't think we have to put if. I don't think people are going to come. I wasn't offended. What are you talking about? <laughs> Perfect. Great. And the entire country goes 100% not offended. I said, I think we can get rid of the if. But he didn't want to get rid of the if. And then he remember he immediately pivoted into, but Bill Clinton was an abuser of women. Yeah. And she was an enabler. So she victimized these women. Yeah. And believe me, I know, because he told me the stories while I was playing golf with him. He went into this whole answer. And he said, so she, with who she's married to, shouldn't be talking about this stuff. And that's his answer. And so we break and I say to him, look, you know, I wouldn't do that. Like, don't do the pivot. Just do the I'm sorry thing. And, and I'm not the same person and 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 that. and Because we want to end the subject. We don't want to keep the subject going. And if she was just apologizes, what's she going to say? Like, your apology isn't any good. Then she looks petty. Let's just end it at that. No. No. <laughs> not the way he rolls. He's doing it. So we go through it again, and he does it again. And so I look at him, and I say, you know, um, Donald, I, I like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But you, I can't give the benefit of the doubt on this. And, and you don't respect women. I know you don't respect women. And you wouldn't respect women as president. I said, but since you brought up my marriage, I think I have to address it. Because I think everybody in this audience knows that I've obviously had trouble in my marriage and that our, my husband and I have caused each other pain in our marriage, and we've admitted that. But I stand here tonight as a proud wife and a proud mother and a proud grandmother. And the reason I can do that is, unlike you, I don't treat my spouses like they're disposable. Oh, you said what that is... in the debate prep? Yeah. Ooh. Did you get another fuck you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. And he's like, she'll never say that. And I'm like, she could. You know, like I would. You know, like you're talking about like, you know, what would you say? Well, I would have said that. Like, yeah, right. Come on. And, and so those are the interesting parts about debate prep. Like, is that there's this dynamic that you talked about. Right. That, you know, you've got to go hard after somebody that you've known for a long time and actually have a good relationship with. But you're not doing your job if you don't do that. Totally. Yeah. And after that second debate, he called me 10 minutes after the debate was over. And he said to me, amazing, you're the best. She was nothing. He goes, she was nothing. He goes, I was standing up on the stage going, Chris's answer was better than that. Yeah. Chris's answer was better than that. This is nothing. Oh, it's he like, rolled her. It's like swinging. He rolled her. It's he like rolled swinging, her in the second debate. It's like swinging with a couple of bats. That's right. You know, you, you get want. Get the donut on. Right. You yeah. Know, get, yeah, Set yeah. one down, all of a sudden you're free swinging. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly I mean, right. I, the second so one is the one where he was like, because uh, then you'd be in jail. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just an all time. That's yeah. an all time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I put you in jail. Yeah. It just He just absolutely smoked her in the second debate. And the, the first debate was horrible. Um, and, and that was one where Jared called me after the first debate and said, uh, what do you think? It's like immediately afterwards. And I said, he lost. I Not mean, great. He, got, yeah. he got smoked. And he goes, he thinks he won. I said, well, of course he thinks he won. I said, but he, he didn't win. He goes, well, he won't listen to anybody on this stuff but you. Like, you need to call him and tell him. Great. You're like, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what a great oh, job. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. Isn't that great yeah. to be the son-in-law? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You should tell him, and uh, I'm going to go and play with his grandchildren. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I gave him. Right? Oh, yeah, thank you. And, and so, <laughs> it's fair. Um, so I, I, I call him, and he says to me, "Is it was a, a, a typical a ridiculous Trump line. He says, I said, he said, what do you think? I said, you lost. I didn't lose. I won. I go, no, Donald, you lost. And he said, I said, we got work to do. You, you know, because we hadn't done real prep before that. 
And I said, we've got work to do. That was not good. Not good. I said, you're going to see the, the results are bad. Because I already looked. 91% of the people on Drudge say I won. And I said, well, shit, 100% of the people on Drudge are voting for you. Yeah. I said, that means you lost 9% of the people who are voting for you. What are you talking about? 91% of Drudge. Wait, that's what you're going to look at? But he, and he said, you're too hard on me. And he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> And my wife, my wife's in the car three. She goes, "Well, that went well." <laughs> <laughs> You're like you haven't seen the half of it. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, seriously, you, to be in those rooms, and you, as you mentioned, yeah, along with that, I got I got COVID. Yeah, I mean, literally the worst kind too. You got oh, the yeah, OG the, version. I got the OG version pre-vaccine, pre Ooh. any type of treatments. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, seven days in the ICU. It was no fun. Not good. It was no fun. And he called me during it. When he was in Walter Reed and I, I, my first night in the hospital, he called. And he How's said, the food over there? <laughs> he, said, he said, how you doing? I said, not good. This, this is not good. He goes, and he sounded awful. And he's like, yeah, can you believe two tough guys like me and you got this thing? We're so tough. How could we have gotten this thing? I said, I don't know, uh, but we obviously haven't. And, and then he says to me, you're not going to tell anybody you, I gave it to you, are you? <laughs> and I said to him, well, I have no idea who who." who's patient zero i said but six of the seven of us in the room have it i said so i but i don't know who gave it to me yeah i know but you're not going to say i did and i said well no mr president you're like I, i'm just hoping to get out of yeah, here I said, why would point? i ever say that like i i don't know the, the amazing thing about him is he knew he knew but none of us found that till meadow's book came out but he tested positive on Saturday morning. Yeah, he'd already got He it. popped a positive test on Saturday morning and then went in the room with all six of us and never told us a thing. Oh. Never told us a thing. Like, and when he asked me, I was like, why the hell is he asking me this? Like, beside his normal vanity, like, why is he asking me this? It took almost another, more than a year to really find out definitively. But here's the worst part of him. The worst part of him is, after he goes back on the campaign trail, three reporters call me after he does his first off the record with them on Air Force One, first campaign trip, and, the, and separately call me, three different three different reporters within 20 minutes of each other after they landed. They said, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? He goes, he just told all of us, the entire press corps, that you gave him COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Yep. Uh, Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Now, he knows he gave it to me. He knows it. Because he popped a positive test on Saturday morning. I didn't get sick till the next Friday. What is it, like elephant incubation? I mean, like, come on. Like, are you kidding? And he had it by Wednesday. Probably had it, you know, had the symptoms bad enough to go to the hospital by Wednesday. Did it ever get printed that he was accusing you of doing this? Or you, I don't think it ever got printed. Yeah, because I don't remember that being reported. No, no, it never got printed. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Accused me of getting... He goes, you know, Christy, he was sitting right across from me in the table, spitting at me and everything. That's how I got it. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Wait a second, you got sick before me. I, you had symptoms before me. I gave it to you. I, I the whole staff. I'm no doctor. The whole staff. But, yeah, and I, everybody. I love, that he, I love that he calls you, and then he preempts any possibility that you'd accuse him accusing with his own him. accusation. Yeah. God, no, I mean, beautiful. the entire thing was like, was just surreal. <laughs> the entire thing was completely surreal. And contrast his wife, who... Every day I was in the hospital, called me. 
Did she really? Every day. Mm. I've heard that from everybody that she's a very sweet person. She's an amazing person. Yeah. And and every day she called me, and after she called me, she called my wife to say, is, is there anything you guys need? Is there anything the White House doctors can do for him? Do you want us to consult with them? What do you want us to do? Huh. We want to help Chris any way we can. And, and he calls me once and asks me if I'm going to tell people yeah. that he gave it to me because he did, um, <laughs> even though I didn't know it. I mean, it's just, it's classic. And you're right. Like, then he preempts the whole thing by saying, yeah, it's said, no, Christy gave it to me. <laughs> Absolutely right. Perfect. I love it. Perfect. All right. So one of the things we love to do on the Ruthless Variety program, and I'm interested to get you to weigh in on this. We, we cover a fair amount of animal fighting. Yes. This. I don't know if you've Yes, noticed. I do. I know that. Um, there's an interesting story that's popped out of India about an elephant in eastern India that ki- it, it killed a woman. It basically, and let me just read, right? This is from The Independent. Uh, Maya Murmu was at a tube well drawing water uh, in this village when a wild elephant appeared out of nowhere. Authorities say it had strayed off of the Dalma Wildlife Sanctuary nearly 200 kilometers away. And... Uh, After being trampled, she was taken to the hospital. She later died of her injuries. Here's where it gets weird. The elephant, the same exact elephant, showed up a few days later at her funeral (laughs) to trample the coffin. No, come on. <laughs> wait, wait, is this, is this the Inquirer or the it's Independent? It's very real. Is the Independent, right? Reports said that when family members gathered for the funeral and were in the middle of performing last rites, the same elephant appeared, lifted Miss Murmu's body from the funeral pyre, and trampled it again. <laughs> Can you imagine? Disgruntled boyfriends? <laughs> what are we talking about? Shocked, shocked mourners uh, looked on. So, uh, look, that's a wild story, right? It's a wild elephant. And I, I, it's, a, it's a wild elephant. I mean, I, elephant. I hear this and I'm like, what does she really do? Because, like, right. this is a really pissed off. Like, and elephants this, have a good memory. That's what they say elephants are forget. Sure. There's, yeah. like, a reason for this vendetta Yes, this. Did the elephant still have its tusks? Oh. Uh, let's look. Let's look. Let's Hold on. I think there's the a, I think is there a, mu- a, a mugshot of the no, elephant. No, I, I believe there is. There's, in fact, like a battered. <laughs> I, I think the image is that the same one? It looks like it's got tusks. It does have tusks. All right. That takes that. I thought maybe she took his tusks. She tusked. Oh. She detusked. And, and detusked him, and then maybe that would, is what got him uh, pissed off. And by the way, we're assuming it's a him. Do we know for sure? <laughs> They don't have a gender. They don't have a gender. I mean, this could be one of a million things nowadays. It could be. It could be. A, it could be a lesbian. Elf at the time. Also, also, does this get you kicked off the wildlife sanctuary? This sort of behavior, or do you think is that where the elephant was? Yeah. You think this elephant and, goes right back? Yeah, that's what it says. It's it, it had to go two hundred kilometers away from the sanctuary to show up. Yeah, it it sought her out. It she, sought her. She out. did something a while back, and, and he like had a vow. He was like, "I will avenge this wrongdoing." Because that is intense. But wait a second. He killed her the first time. Didn't avenge it enough. He's like, he, and he's like, he shows up. He's like, I got to make sure. Got to make sure the job is done. I mean, it's a throw maybe, maybe he's got to. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like kind of a mafia thing. Yeah. It does. Right? Like, it's not good enough just to kill him. You have to set an example for the other people. That's right. This is what's going to happen to you. Right. If you. But we don't know what the film is. If you don't is. properly respect the elephants, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, look, we've we've been following Hank the Tank, which is a big bear yeah, out west yeah. that is has galvanized the bear population <laughs> against many communities out west and is running an organized crime outfit. Perhaps the elephants are a syndicate. Well, like unlike others here, I would never besmirch like the Italian American community and say there's like a mafia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
It's thoughtful, <laughs> particularly when we're talking about elephants yeah. with you. It's about, it's, it's there, you pre, you're preempted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, are look, you a patsy to the elephant mafia? Is that what it is? How much are they paying you? Big elephants pay me top, top dollar for that. But so now we've talked about this in terms of like, what's the biggest animal that you think you can take out? Smug. Worse for me. I, I, I think I think like very very uh, unwisely selected a horse. Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think we could. T- I don't. I know I couldn't. Take if it a out. horse wanted to take me out there, it's taking me out. Right, like a kick. Right, and yeah. one kick, and you're pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, and we all have our answers. Do you have an answer for this? Like, what's the biggest animal you think you could take? Out? I think dog. That's it. That's it. I don't like a like a donkey. You could take out a donkey. I'm right? not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'm not sure I can take out a donkey. You know, it depends on where you are. Oh yeah, if you're on the like a home footing of a of a donkey. Yeah, if the don if it's a home field game for the donkey, <laughs> yeah. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I I think Smug, you're way over. Estimating your abilities that you could take out a horse. I mean, who do you think you are, Alex Karras from Blazing Saddles? <laughs> yeah. you, you've taken out donkeys in, in New Jersey on their home turf. You, so I have. I have. We're not talking about the. <laughs> we're certainly not talking about the symbol. Uh, we're talking about the actual donkey, which I, you know, I don't. You know, I think dog. Yeah, like a like a maybe a wolf. No, those are enormous. Though I mean, I would never try to take one. Well, of it's those. a dog like. It's creature. a dog like creature. I think know. I think I might be able to take out a wolf. Like if you get just one good shot on the snout, I feel like you're operating on. You got to go for offensive. The kick. Yeah, got to go for the kick of the side of the head. You know, make them a little bit. You know, dizzy. Yeah, and then get the fuck out of there yeah. <laughs> as quickly as possible. That is. You just want to get them dizzy and get away. That's you don't right. Want to, you want a long fight on this? But I keep thinking of the the the, the, the animal like mountain lion. No chance. No, I'm gone. Oh yeah, you can't get those. No chance. Mm-mm. I'm done. They're gonna. That's gonna take me out. I mean, I you know I'm from New Jersey, but unless armed, I'm you know it's not gonna happen. Right. You know, if we're talking about just fists, right? We're not talking yeah, about yeah, any yeah. weapons. Yeah, this is why we have yeah, our dog, Second Amendment rights. Dog. <laughs> dog, okay. dog, that's it. I mean, beyond that, I don't think I could do it. All right. I, I love imagining the reporters listening to the show. They get their news of like, okay, what was the debate prep like? Or do I report on, he thinks he could take a wolf. <laughs> that's kind of newsworthy. <laughs> I mean, they're both newsworthy. They both know are newsworthy. I mean, they, you know, I can take, take out a wolf. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, all right. Sure, I'm proud of it. Let's get let's get to a couple of serious items. Um that that wasn't <laughs> actually. You're right. I mean, you, you raise a fair point. I mean, you know, like, I mean, the woman's dead, and now yeah. she's trampled on. Right. But she was she was he actually took her out of the funeral pyre. Had they lit it yet? I it, don't think. I don't it think appears was. unlit because I think All there right. would have been a flame incident there. With well, that's the, what I'm wondering. Is like, is the elephant that angry? That, that's that, a good like, point. He walked into fire. You'd have to be to, to, like <laughs> she's being burned, and the elephant goes, "Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not good enough." So I'm glad to hear that there wasn't that level of venom <laughs> we're gonna have with to the do, elephant. We're going to have to do some follow-up. There has to be some follow-up. I think there should be some original reporting on this. <laughs> we'll get our people Make Smug go out there and <laughs> yeah. interview the elephant. Find out what's happening there. I think so. Well, and yeah, you can start and say, by the way, let me just tell you, before you try anything, I could take a horse. <laughs> yeah, right, just, right. just to let him know like what the parameters are of who he's dealing with. You don't want to... Yeah, you don't want them to underestimate you. You don't want to provoke this thing either, no, though. No, that doesn't look true. like. <laughs> all right, so um, look, there's a whole bunch of atmospherics that are happening in D.C. with Jan. Six and all this nonsense. But like the one thing that the Biden administration is is now finally a year and a half wrapped its mind around is its key problem is inflation, right? 
Amazing that it's taken a year and a half to get to this point, right? Every single economic well, it indicator. Wasn't, it was only going to be brief and oh, it's transitory. transitory. It was all transitory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, listen to this. Stunning inflation stat from NBC's Charlie Herman. According to Mooney's analytics, compared to a year ago, American households are paying $460 more per month to buy the same amount of goods and services. Yeah, I saw that. It's incredible. And I mean, I'll give you an example. I serve on the board of a supermarket company that, that own a lot of supermarkets. The cost of turkey yeah. has gone up 115%. Yeah. Like turkey. Like Why? But it's everything. It's everywhere, and they screw this thing up in an enormous way. And look, you know, if it wasn't that Joe Manchin, like, it, it keeps in decent shape, we'd be at 15% inflation if they had spent that additional totally. four, $4 or $5 trillion they wanted to spend. And they're still trying. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, AOC. The, yeah. You know, should, I'm sure she'd be, do, she'd be for it tomorrow. I mean, but here's what gets us, is that you've got the press corps last week or two weeks ago they started this mission and it's carried on through and continuing on through to try to create this this situation where Biden has no agency whatsoever over this so like he's been underserved by economic staff or the White House doesn't quite get his messaging or like all these things are just sort of happening to Joe poor Joe poor Joe yeah right yeah I mean well, well now it's not just Joe now I, I saw this this morning from Bloomberg that this is a tweet from Bloomberg Fed Chair Jerome Powell is facing an increasingly grim calculus. He probably has to push the economy into recession in order to regain control of prices. I uh, mean, like... Probably. Probably. And it's like, okay, but, like, who caused the recession? <laughs> <laughs> like, who caused the wild inflation, which is forcing the Fed to raise rates? I mean, we you think about it. We went a decade and a half yeah. without any meaningful inflation. Yep. A, a decade and a half... Yeah, it's just coincidence that like Joe Biden showed up, spent another one point nine trillion on top of the five trillion, six trillion we had spent already, and he went, "What? Why, why are you looking at me?" Right? You know, I mean, guess what? You did it, you idiot. And Larry Summers, who you know, I'm not going to summer camp with this year, but even Larry Summers got it. He's like, "You do this, there's going to be crazy inflation." I mean, he can't. He's trying to do it, trying to blame it on Putin. Yeah, you know, oh, I, I said this to my wife yesterday. I'm like. He, he he was talking yesterday again about can you believe what Vladimir Putin has done to our economy and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, was the big press a, conference yeah, he was doing in L A. Oh, but LA. Putin's a uh, uh, tax hike is what he's yeah. calling it. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Putin's <laughs> tax hike. I, I looked at my wife and I said, Putin must be sitting in Moscow going, I got enough problems. <laughs> the Ukrainians are kicking my ass. I'm getting old. You know, I'm trying to hide my wives and all my children. Yeah. And now I'm responsible for inflation in America? <laughs> Bullshit. I'm not dealing with this. All I did is buy a couple hundred grand of Facebook ads. <laughs> and this is what I wind up with. <laughs> I mean, but listen to how the AP frames what you just are talking about. The Port of Los Angeles is a testament to President Joe Biden's unrewarded efforts to address what he calls Unreal. his top economic priority, inflation. Biden will speak at the port, America's busiest, on Friday. Unrewarded. 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 We, we have now failed Joe Biden. That's We've ter- made the turn. It's not just poor old Joe, the world's happening to him. It's like... Now you just don't appreciate Joe. <laughs> you don't appreciate all he's done for us. 
It I, really is true. And 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 you're going to be more ungrateful Americans in November yeah. sticking it in his ear. You know, like, by the way, you think we didn't appreciate it back in June? Wait till you see how little yeah. we appreciate Listen it in November. Little, yeah, we've got a lot of underappreciation to express. That's exactly right. <laughs> We're going to express it in every one of these swing districts. Thank you very much. So, but you, you've had to deal with, I mean, look, you dealt with a blue state, right? Yep. And there's a lot of different politics that goes on in states, swing states, whatever. Energy politics is always a part of that, right? These guys have failed so spectacularly with energy politics that we're now, we're now averaging over $5 a gallon for the first time ever, mm. right? They come into office, he gets rid of the Keystone Pipeline, Gets rid of federal land contracts. No permitting. No permitting. And then like throws up his hands and is like, well, you know, it's again, transitory. Yeah. Like we're getting to a new, a new energy. I, I love when people act surprised that politicians, because politicians have such a bad rap about not telling the truth. He actually told the truth. Yeah. Like you, you remember him back in those debates. Right. No more oil drilling. No more uh, gas drilling. No, no, we're not doing any anymore. And people were like, "Well, he doesn't really mean that." No, no. Yeah, he, he meant, meant every it. Word. He meant it. And like you know, you look at North Dakota is the best example. The day Biden comes into office, they're producing a million and a half barrels a day. Today, it's a million. Mm. And it's and you ask the governor of North Dakota, he'll tell you it's all because not leases. They all have the leases, but they don't have the permits from them to take the oil or natural gas out from underground to, to ground. Unreal. So you can't do it. So what they do is like, you know, Jen Psaki, you know, leader of the Communist Party <laughs> in America, you know, when she was out there, you want to talk about disinformation. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, they could, they could pick on our old friend Sean Spicer as much as they want. Some of the crap she was saying was just, well, we have not canceled leases. And I'd sit there and say, well, of course, no one's accusing you of that, you right. dope. You, they have the leases, but the leases mean nothing if you don't have the permits to be able to bring the, the gas and oil up. Like, you know, they, they, the answers they give are incredible in terms of trying to avoid responsibility. But, you know, people get it. Yeah. You know, and, and meanwhile, when we lose a half a million barrels in North Dakota, he bought it from Russia. Yep. Right. That's the most important part. Right. He buys it from Russia. It's not like we're not using it. It's like we're using it, but now we'll get it from Russia. He'll go talk to Venezuela, and he'll get on his knee and go see the Saudis. Yeah, yeah isn't that he's he's doing that like this week, right? Yeah, going to go over there and beg. Well, me. he simultaneously in a press conference confirmed and then unconfirmed his own yes. appearance. Did you see it's this? Not yet confirmed. Yeah, no. He, he said they said, "Well, are you are you have you made the pledge? Are you going?" And he's like, "Not yet." And then like two sentences later, he's like, "Well, the reason I'm going is." <laughs> Yes, and then and then they send out some new guy who's a new spokesperson within the White House, some retired general who's now, and he says, well, a meeting can be agreed to, but not yet be set. <laughs> and I'm like, do you think we give a crap? Like, like is he going to sit with MBS or isn't he? Like, right. what's the deal? But the thing that makes me crazy is they're doing all this for the environment, right? Yet... There's no EPA in Russia. I'm pretty confident. No, pretty confident. Real confident. And, and no EPA in Saudi Arabia, right? So a barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia, Russia, is so much dirtier in terms of what it does to the to the environment than a barrel of oil from North Dakota, which has to meet all these EPA standards. So even if you if your number one problem is the environment, you'd still want American oil and American you'd natural gas. You'd still want right. it. You'd still it want it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Not the least of which is the issue that. If you believe, which I don't believe that they actually think this, but if you believe that Russia is having impact on our own economy, why give them the leverage to right. do so? Yep. Why give them the, we have the option. 
you know? And you see, I saw a story this weekend that they, in California now, they're asking people not to charge their electric vehicles because it's putting too much strain on the grid. Well, of course it is. I mean, and now they want everybody to have electric vehicles. The the fact is, if everybody had electric vehicles that they wanted to have electric vehicles, the entire grid would crash in the country because it's too much of a drain on, on what we have because... Don't use natural gas yep. to power those. Like, it was great. I saw a woman in California uh, for Ford talking about how great electric vehicles are for the environment. And the guy asked her, well, where does the electricity come from? And she said, from the electric plant. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> what do they use at the plant to power that? And she said, uh, I think coal. They're like, excellent. Very good. Very clean. Way to go. You've come a long way, ma'am. Yeah, that's really excellent. It's really, really excellent. I just, I see this stuff and it just drives me insane. Like, it's it's nuts. It, it's totally crazy. But they're trying to get out from underneath this thing, See, right? I, I think it's a central problem right now for the left, is their ideology, a lot of this is coming from, like, universities and just you know, these elites who kind of want to absolve themselves and feel good about themselves because they think it's evil to be rich. So they're like, how can I absolve myself? I'll, I'll, I'll try to save the planet, right? And how am I going to do that? I'm going to buy a Tesla. I'm going to punish people by making them pay for, more for gas. That's got to be a nice thing I can do, right? Like, it's a very twisted ideology that... Twisted. They feel bad about yeah. being rich, so they want to punish poor people. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the way that they work, though. Uh, it is. So, so part of what has happened over the last two weeks in an effort to try to excuse the president from all of this is to talk about his frustration, right? Oh, he's also, he's also frustrated by all of this stuff. And what's happened is like New York Times and Washington Post have actually done some real journalism over the last couple of weeks. Now, where it comes from, I don't know, right? I mean, they got like, there's some, there's some sort of like... Independent contractors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's something. But this one killed me. This is the Washington Post... Inside Biden's frustration with soaring prices, Biden vented to aides after an ethanol announcement designed to ease gas prices, questioning the policy's effectiveness. I got to read you this. This <laughs> lead. This is a perfect example of what the Biden White House must look like on yeah. a day-to-day basis. President Biden seemed upbeat when he visited an Iowa biofuels plant in April to talk about bringing down gas prices. Standing before a large tractor as he declared that biofuels have a role to play right now and announced a plan to expand the use of ethanol over the summer. But privately, Biden dismissed the policy (laughs) as ineffective and questioned the value of the trip, according to two people familiar with the conversations. After returning to the White House, he hauled his senior staff, including Ron Klain, who's like the he's the guy that's wearing all this like a hat, (laughs) including as well he should, including Ron Klain into the Oval Office, badgering him with questions about the purpose of this event. (laughs) I mean, it's just like. So, so Biden gets all the- by the end of this. Remember, remember who Ron Klain is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, the guy who ran the Al Gore recount effort. Yeah. yeah That's that, it. Did- Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we'll please, we'll, ha- we'll take your ticket at the door. It's time for you to go. Go away. Ron Klain, and he's basically running the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of goes back to another point I make, is that uh, you had a situation in 2000 when Republicans wanted to, to fight for, for an election outcome in Florida, and who did they send? They send, uh, uh, what's his name, Jim um, Baker. Baker. Jim Baker. Yeah. They send all the top flight and folks. Ginsburg and the rest of them. You know, Ginsburg, just, it's a murderer's yeah. row of people Ted down Olson. there. Right? Yeah, Ted Olson. Yeah. And then this time it's like, okay, we got 
some real conspiracy theorists that are out there, and we got we got uh, Rudy, uh, Rudy, Jenna Ellis, the Four Seasons, Sidney Powell. Yeah, <laughs> it's, what was oh, the dude's name? What was the guy? The, the Georgia guy, what was his name? Oh yeah, Who he was, was the wildest guy? of them all. He was. He ran for something then. Yeah, too, he ran like a like a chair of a party. It didn't work yeah. out for him. Yeah, it turns no. out. No, that's when I got in in, in real trouble with Trump because in like December of twenty, um, on ABC one Sunday, I said his legal team is a national embarrassment, <laughs> and yeah, you know, talking about Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell and Rudy, and, and and I'm in the car on the way back from New York. Um, after the show and phone rings and it's him it's the president and he's like what the hell are you doing calling my legal team a national embarrassment I'm like well they are I mean like <laughs> come on he goes well if you don't think I have good lawyers why don't I have good lawyers and I said two reasons sir I said first of all good lawyers don't take crap cases and this is a crap case I said and second you don't pay your lawyers so nobody <laughs> wants to work for you he goes oh yeah you're right about that fair, I'm like, <laughs> fair point L- Lin- Linwood Linwood Lin- Linwood very yeah. good yeah. that's it yeah. that's excellent it. research I, yeah. I think Linwood another Dominion voting machines is probably still sorting through his his, uh, <laughs> his panty drawer his panty drawer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, I can't wait for those trials oh man the Dominion voting machine trials are going to be epic I mean, I just... because everybody's in trouble. Do they even go to trial? I mean, is this like a... Well, we look, at the, with the people they're suing... Yeah, they can't like, settle. They can't settle. Right. They're going to have to go to trial. It's going to make Johnny Depp and Amber Heard <laughs> for the Us Weekly guys, what that was, is going to be for us. Yeah. The Dominion Voting Machine, it's going to be like, we're going to be like the people outside the courthouse, you know, screaming, yeah, come on! <laughs> Waiting in line at four in the morning to get into the courtroom to see, you know, what are they going to say today about the Dominion voting machines? And, you know, oh, here comes Brett Baer, you know, like, you know, who's the next witness who's coming in? I mean, it's going to be just crazy. It will be wild. Crazy. It will be totally wild. I had some friend of mine who said, you know, those Dominion voting machines, they were all rigged in Georgia. That's why he lost. And I said, you know, they did a hand recount twice afterwards that came up with basically the same numbers and he goes yeah but the machine rigged the ballots i go no no the machine reads the ballots they don't fill out the ballots when you count them by hand then they're counting them by hand there's not a pencil inside the machine that's, that's right. filling and, out the ballot and he looks at me my friend he's a smart guy he looks at me and he goes all right if you say so but trump says it was rigged and i'm like oh that's the problem and man. again i have to go so a very important reason why why governors are so key is oh, here, here we go, go. Here they we can go. control they can help make sure we got fair voting laws during that summer before elections when a lot of these states start passing their like insane COVID rules of like right. you can send a ballot and it will be counted, you know, however many days later. Yeah. That's the importance of electing a strong governor in a state to make sure that. Thank happen. you for that, Smod. So, That's a nice public Smart, service announcement. Well I was going to say. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> Appreciate that. Very, very. You know? Who do we invoice for that? <laughs> <laughs> I think there could be any number of people you can invoice for. The good news is you could do multiple invoices for that. <laughs> Given the given the listenership you have now, it's really <laughs> sky's the limit. It really is. I can suggest at least four. It was no problem. Who would pay it without even questioning? It. We'll take notes after the after the show. Uh, I got one more one more piece that we actually. Let me see if we can get this this one quickly. If, did you follow the Washington Post drama last week? I mean, you're kind of I in mean, the just media a little, now. like yeah, a little bit. I mean, so like, I this, mean, come on. They got the the two ladies have basically taken the newsroom hostage, right? Yeah. Taylor Lorenz on one level, who's like doesn't do her job, and then when he gets called out, she's like, "Well, it's everybody else's fault. I'm really the victim." <laughs> she, here. Taylor Lorenz right. was the one. She's me at the Times, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, and she's the one who went after uh, Claudia Conway. 
Yeah, yes, exactly. That's right. right. That's I mean, she's a reprehensible human being. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're DMing a 15 year old girl saying, like, if you have any dirt on your parents, like, you know, feel free. I'm happy to listen. Is unreal. I mean, I mean just when it's when I saw it was Taylor Renz, I was like, that's the same woman. This is a reprehensible human being. Yeah. This is like someone on the Olivia Nuzzy level. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a personal. And there are very on. few people on the Olivia Nuzzy level, but Taylor Renz is is right there. <laughs> Yeah, I do have an axe to grind. Olivia Nuzzi like shows up at my house unannounced with like crumb cake and trying to induce me to like give an interview for her stupid book that never got written. With crumb cake? Yes, as like an inducement. And I wasn't around. You're like, first of all, I'm offended. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to go there. But at seven, my 17-year-old my daughter answers the door and she's like, is your father here? And... My daughter's like, no, no, he's like, well, I'm Olivia Nuzzi. I'm a friend of your dad's and a reporter, and I have this crumb cake from. Where is he? So, because I'd like to talk to him. And you know, my daughter, this my 17 year old has been around her yeah, entire she's got life. It, right? Well, her entire, unlike the older ones who so they get a little bit. She's lived the entire thing. She was born when I was U.S. attorney, so she's just like, well, yeah, she's dialed in. She's see dialed you later. In. You yeah. gotta educate him young. Reporters are no one's friend. <laughs> that's it's a, she's just that's like, how you know. <laughs> adios, like leave our house, like go away, goodbye. Yeah, so you know, people who show up at your house and like try to talk to your kids. Yeah, you know that's not good. It's that's why that's why I analogize it with Taylor Lorenz. You know, you're you're talking to kids under eighteen and trying to like, yeah, get info out nah, of them. Just, bad people. So it's, yeah, it's I terrible. follow. Them. Sorry, I digress. No, no, Taylor that's a good, that, like that is that is on topic. Taylor so, Lorenz. So the other one's Felicia Sanmez, who yeah. has had a couple of run-ins at the Post. She uh, tweeted out, you know, all the rape allegations about Kobe Bryant while the helicopter's on fire. She gets herself into trouble. Uh, she gets suspended. She sues, sues the post. You know, you kind of don't hear much from her. And then all of a sudden now she's back uh, calling out another reporter for what she viewed as a, a sexist tweet. Uh, but rather than deal with that as a professional would internally, she decides to take it to the masses, right? And like yep. fight this thing out, which Smug appreciates more than anybody. Yeah. It's like, very important for reporters to hold their newsrooms accountable and burn the place to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so like Smug, Smug's the guy who shows up to a NASCAR event and just wants to see car crash. <laughs> That's it. It's it. Very disappointed when nobody's tire blows out. You know, totally at 200 miles an hour. It's flames or nothing. So uh, she got fired uh, over the weekend. Is this tough for you, Smug? I, I mean, I think it's great because this Wait. just makes the problem bigger. Like, so the you first think she's going to go away? No, okay. no, just the opposite. So. Her, she, She'd be correspondence for Ruthless. Yeah. Like, yeah. There we go, media reporter. We'll send her to the elephant story. That could be good. Although I think our mere presence offends her to a point where it might be actionable at some point. Uh, I don't know. So so she had she had sued the Washington Post, and I guess the judge threw up that case. And my theory is she'd been trying to get fired because she's clearly going to be appealing that case and is like, look at this, they fired me. <laughs> So you think this is just this an is extra... So a legal strategy? Yeah. She she just decided, you know what? I'm just going to strap on the vest and take the whole place oh. with me. This is how I'm going to have my appeal. That, <laughs> look at them. They fired me because of uh, they hate women. And, and she. the wild thing is she's like, this is a very like racist, sexist institution. And then the, the guy who's like, I'm the like only Mexican gay reporter here at the Washington Post... And and I think she, what Felicia's doing is terrible, attacking people in public, and and she goes right after. Right, 
She's like, this is a racist institution. I will show you how it's done. <laughs> now, what happens to Taylor Lorenz through all this? Well, I think she's kind of like ducked underneath <laughs> yeah. this, right? I mean, ordinarily, she'd be the one that's out in the front of this. But now Felicia sort of displaced her. Because when it comes to actual journalism, it's Taylor Lorenz who, who, who published a story which was incorrect, where she said she reached out to these individuals for comment. They had proof that she didn't, and the editors had to keep throwing in editors' notes saying that, like, Taylor did not reach out to them. And then she was like, uh, I didn't, I never told my editors I did. And then the editors were like, we apologize to Taylor Lorenz. Dude, and, the uh, funniest part, a little update to this part of the story. Mm-hmm. So Eric Wempel, was that yeah. his name? The media reporter at the Washington Post? Yes. Yeah. So he actually asked, like, the PR department at his own newspaper to clarify this, clarify the correction, which is still not an accurate correction. And the PR department was like, it stands. Wait, 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 wait. Wow. His own pit, they yes. own, they're like, you motherfucker. Yes. You're bringing <laughs> right, 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 right. The guy has balls. <laughs> they're like, wait a second, don't you understand your job? You're supposed to go after other people. Yeah. <laughs> like, Stelter gets it. <laughs> totally gets it. <laughs> they're actually going to send him to the Stelter summer camp right, right. to learn how to only go after others. Right. Other media organizations, not your own. Right, right. This is media accountability, pal. What the hell do you think your job is? This is outrageous. Yeah. That is pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. Speaking of media accountability, though. Uh, and uh, listen, you're kind of a part of the media world. I am, sure. Four uh, years now at ABC. So you have you you have some thoughts on every single Sunday show, uh, except Fox. Oh yeah, I saw this. They didn't cover Kavanaugh, an attempted assassination on a Supreme Court justice. It's unbelievable. I can't believe I was off this Sunday. I mean, I can't believe I was off this Sunday because I would have been all over it. It's just all I would have said was, let me ask you a question. If it was George or Martha, whoever it was. If the murder attempt was against Sonia Sotomayor or Elena Kagan or or Justice Breyer, do you think it would have been a banner headline on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post? Of course it would have been. all we would have talked about. been buried because it's Brett Kavanaugh because they all didn't want him on the court anyway. Mm -hmm, They'd all like him to die, uh, you know? And and, and so they're just like, well, who cares? And so it's a little piece on a, a tease. For a like a twenty or a twenty one, whatever the hell it was in the New York Times, wild, it's incredible, and an incredibly credible threat too. I mean, if you look at the details of the situation, it's- well, when the guy says, "I've come here to kill him," and he's got a gun and a knife and zip ties and pepper spray right. and a and a and a crowbar, like I don't know, and in and- New, in New Jersey we call that you know an outing, but. <laughs> But That's nonetheless, in, in Washington, D.C., near Kavanaugh's house, and then he tells you. It's not like, oh, he was near Kavanaugh's house and he had these weapons. I wonder what he was up to. They go up to say, what are you up to? He goes, oh, I'm here to kill Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was not functioning and, and at all cylinders. And, and he says it's because he's mad about abortion, the the, the, the decision which was leaked this summer, and, and you've had all these groups like Demand Justice and Ruth Santos send people right. out to the homes of these justices to, they're trying to just intimidate them, which it, it's against the law to intimidate a judge. And they're sending groups. They sent groups out the day w- this news was oh, broken yeah. that, that someone and Biden showed won't up. Denounce him, it, by the way. And Biden right. won't denounce won't it. Won't denounce it. Won't you, know, do it. Oh, you know, people have a right. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You know, let me just say they were they were picketing Stephen Breyer's house. You believe me, the mm-hmm. White House would be sending Secret Service over there. Oh, yeah. We'd have to have a national conversation about how inappropriate. Not only yes. are we not having a national conversation about it, but Pelosi is resistant to providing any security. She well, I read this like story this that no AOC problem. went over there, that they were scheduling it for, for unanimous consent vote in the House, and AOC ran over there to object 
to make sure it wasn't passed by unanimous consent. I mean, it, you know, these people are because crazy. she said, if we're not going to ban assault weapons, we can't. Why should we be protected, but not everybody else? I, well, because not everybody else is writing opinions for the United States Supreme Court. No that have an impact on the entire country, idiot. No kidding. That's why. <laughs> I mean, well said. <laughs> well said. I mean, ay, ay, ay. yeah, it's crazy, right? These people have lost their mind. Are we going to play a game? With I the think governor? we should play a game. Oh, why not? All right, we're going to wrap this up with a game. Excellent. Governor. All right. Which game are we playing, Michael? We are going to play Claim to Fame. Excellent. Which is, uh, Claim be, to Fame. Be a better yeah. day for so, it. So, you so Ron Claim. Yeah, explain the rules. Uh, White House Chief of Staff, as mm-hmm. we've discussed here on the program today. Uh, he's got kind of a Twitter habit. Yeah, he does. You know, um, he likes to throw a lot of retweets out there, and sometimes it's pretty questionable. Uh, so this game, uh, Claim to Fame, uh, I read four tweets, three of which have, which have been retweeted by Ron Klain. Oh. And you're going to play with us, Governor. Yes, sir. Um, you have to determine which one was not retweeted by Ron Klain. Wow. And this is a tough thing to do. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm already intimidated. It's the hardest game we have. Because there's also some mental game where, like, he comes up with things that, like, you should think he was going to do and he doesn't do. So it's, you know, you got to, this is tough. This is tough stuff. Uh, Tweet number one. This is from Stephanie Rule. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, Her her thing was what was the, uh, what did she say? Like, what are Republicans plan for inflation? Oh, no, no, no. In all caps. All caps. What is the Republican plan to combat inflation? (laughs) All caps. That's it. <laughs> Not having spent the money in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> it's just such a hackish, yeah. like democratic establishment. Total take, hackish. Right? Thing. Come on. I mean, okay. All right. All right. Tweet number two, and this is from Titus, the comedian. I remember when gas was cheap. We were locked down and couldn't go anywhere. None of us had jobs or paychecks. Five hundred thousand people died. Our leader at that time used about injecting bleach to stop a virus. Same guy that wanted to date his own daughter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if, per- if ain't perfect yet, I mean, oh, wait just a better. To be fair, he didn't say he wanted to date her. He just said she was hot. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. That's, I mean, I think important clarification. I, it's an important clarification. Okay. Okay, so that's... <laughs> so, it's true. It's Titus. That's t- I'm, I'm familiar with his work, but he's clearly a, a... I think Trump has a potential defamation suit against him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like one. there's something there. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, tweet number three from Pam Keith. Inflation is not Biden's fault. Oh, wow. But a bootleg, unreliable, and failing electric, electric grid in Texas is 100% Abbott's fault. What? <laughs> nice. That's a tough pivot. <laughs> That's tough. That's a tough <laughs> pivot. That is a real tough pivot. Where, where's where's pa- Pam Keith? Uh, Florida. For, she, she's from Florida. Uh, opining about Texas. It's all uh, right. Good. Not at First all, all on topic, but thanks, Pam, for your submission. <laughs> uh, tweet number four from the Washington Post opinion section. <laughs> He's a big fan of this. This is where this gets tricky. We're in the we're in the midst of a quote great return to work. It's worth celebrating. The editorial board writes. Oh. Wow. Mm. There's a lot. There's so, a lot there. Yeah, so this, gets, lot there. this gets tough. So generally what we do is uh, I'll shield my eyes and at some point Smug here will uh, make a selection and then we'll talk through it. Okay. All right. This is my guess for which one Klain did not retweet. Okay. All right. Okay. 
Should we have the governor also secret sleep signal or, or talk through it well, first? Well, let's or? talk through I think yeah. he's got something to offer on this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so Let me know if you need a reread of any of those. I feel like, I mean, look, the Stephanie Rule tweet was so omnipresent and it is so perfectly Democratic establishment. Like, you could go one of two ways. Either he's just trying to trick us by, by throwing us off this. But, like, basically every Democrat was on board with this thing. Yeah, yeah. So if he didn't, he just sort of missed it. What I, f- I find it hard to believe. That yeah. guy, I mean, this is coming from me, but that guy lives on Twitter. Like, Klain he is, does. if there's a tweet taking off that's crazy as hell, they also well, think, he's, on, he's with it. You know what I love about this take uh, from Stephanie Rule? They really think this is like the cheat code. Like, like oh, we, we've blunted their attacks. We yeah. asked them what they would do. Yeah. And my my retort to that is always, well, I don't have a fucking time machine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. I would say, I think, I got to believe he retweeted the Washington Post opinion page because I got to believe he like, you know, he has that, you know, on he gets dropped on his chest in the morning before he's even out of bed. Yeah. You know, he's reading what they wrote that day in in there. So I got to believe he retweeted that. Like these are the talkers, Clayne. Yeah. (laughs) You go. So I I think that Stephanie rules in RT. Okay. I don't know this tightest person at all. Uh that's a wild tweet, especially with the daughter stuff, right? Yeah. That feels like that's pretty hot for a White yeah. House chief of staff. Yeah. Let me just pause on that because he's done these throw me off on these before. So I'm going to pause on that one. Pam Keith, I don't know. I mean, she's basically saying inflation's not his fault, but the grid is Abbott's fault. I tend to think maybe he did retweet this because only because it makes no sense. Well, because it's taking a shot at Abbott, so why not? Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, it absolves Biden and it's taking a shot at Abbott. So that, I could see him doing that. Okay. Right. I think the daughter thing is makes... It's harder, right? It, it makes it problematic, but not impossible. Not impossible. they think they can say anything about Trump and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anything. That's right. So that's that's right. what makes, got me a little... So in the final one in the Washington Post, this is where this gets so difficult because... He is a frequent retweeter of Jennifer Rubin and Max Boot. Yep. Yeah. Right? And so he loves the opinion page of the Washington Post. Where the old man has, has thrown me off here on occasion is that he will throw one of these into there knowing that we know that they're... It's like, kind of pat. It's like catnip for, yeah, yeah. for Klain. But like... Eh, it's like a mind game I'm playing. Maybe you missed one. See, yeah. that was my guess is that Duncan is trying to throw a switcheroo of, of Klain did not retweet this. But we all know Klain lives for Jen Rubin takes washington post opinion takes that's right oh we brushed him back for several months when we sort of blew that up yeah but now he's back into it um all right i'm gonna go with number two is the no rt this is the tightest wait you got yeah you gotta get the gov selection here i'm gonna go since you did that i don't want to say the same one so i'm gonna go with the pam keith one okay number three rt number three okay okay uh so Clayton did RT Stephanie Rule. Okay. The first tweet. Yeah. Uh, the Titus tweet, uh, same guy that wanted to date his daughter. Clayton did retweet. No! Unreal. <laughs> oh, that's good. This guy. I mean, he just doesn't care. It's unbelievable. Zero and, and, and I, I actually missed this one, uh, but I got to give a shout out to uh, Clayton underscore watch. Clayton watch. Clayton watch. There's a, there's a Twitter account that sort of captures all this stuff. Uh, number four, the Washington Post was retweeted. Wow. Number three, the governor is correct. He got it. it. He got it. He nailed it. Was not it. RT'd. Outstanding. Wow. Nailed it. Outstanding. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
I'm, I just, I feel, I'm going to weep. I'm so, I'm so, so happy. You won the game. I won claim. Yeah. I won the claim to fame. I think you're the first guest to just have a full-fledged by yourself victory of claim to fame. Man, I'm telling you. You guys have really made my made my week. I don't even. It's like what, it's like what, you, to go all the way back to Marco Rubio. So what my wife said to me at the commercial break. So the commercial break in these debates, you're not allowed to talk to your staff. The staff's over green rooms. You can't talk to them. You can't have your phones or anything else. But your family's sitting in the front row. You can go and, and chat with your family. So, you know, when you're in the middle of a debate, you don't, you're don't you not seeing the TV coverage. You think you did well. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a good interaction between <laughs> me and Marco. But you don't really know for sure. So I, I kneel down at the, at the edge of the stage. And my wife and my two youngest children come up. And I look at my wife and I said, so, so how did it go? And she said, how did it go? And I say, she goes, she said, if they ask you any other questions in the debate, just say, pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I feel about claim to fame. Take I'm never going to do it again. Take, like, the win. Take the win and leave the stage. She was like, just say pass. <laughs> and right when she says that, I get grabbed by the shoulder from behind, and it's Trump. Now, remember back in these days, Trump wasn't friends with anybody else on that stage. Yeah. They all hated him. Right. I was his only friend on the stage. Mm -hmm. So during the commercial breaks, what they should sell to raise money for the RNC is to show the commercial breaks. Like you can pay a a pay-per-view channel that you pay for to go and watch what happens during the breaks because you can see who likes each other, who doesn't like each other, who's all Ted Cruz trying to put his daughter on his lap for the press to see and she doesn't want to be and she's pulling away and he's shoving her down on his lap. I mean, that's the stuff that goes on during I, and breaks. I, I would love the mic'd up part of this too. It'd be sort of like having the cut guy in your corner, you know, during a boxing. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you know? it would be great. Be I think great. you could make a ton of money on that. Yeah. But I get grab behind it's Trump. And I said, Hey Donald, he goes, don't ever get mad at me. <laughs> because that poor little bastard, he said, I thought I was going to have to catch him. I thought he was going to faint. <laughs> He said, don't get mad at me, okay? Let's never get mad at each other. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, no, no problem. He turned around and walked around. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> so, so plain good. of fame, I'm retired. Take it. Retiring 1-0, and done with it. Take That's the it. dub. Listen, Governor, can't thank you enough for spending the time oh, with thank us. Thank you for having me, guys. I listen all the along. time, and uh, I love the full ride along. And when I got offered that, I'm like, I'm in. Truly, anytime you're in town. Yeah, drop on by. Yeah, you got you know, something we, to we say. We got a mic waiting for you. <laughs> Do I have something to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, on on predicted, yeah, that's like 150 cents. <laughs> Does he have something to say? <laughs> yeah, that costs you 150 cents. That market's <laughs> all the way to the top. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Eight cents, huh, for Tom Price? Yeah. Eight cents. He feels like that's a buy, well, folks. I think I'm gonna, you know, remember there's gonna be a runoff here. Hey, he's he's yeah. he's up to ten cents now. Oh, oh. How that's hit. We're moving the market. I've already lost two cents. We're moving. I should have gone on my phone. I paid too much damn attention to what we're doing. <laughs> should have been on the predicted on the app and be getting it done. What's the, what's the most you've ever won on predicted? Uh, we had a ton on Todd Young a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, Todd Young, he was down like 25 points to Evan Bay, and he hit like they were giving him like five, six, seven cents or something like that. We're like we and, knew he was going to win. We worked we're on working that, for him. on that kid. We were like he's going to win this thing. So we that was probably that's, that's a big win. That was the biggest win. The for Todd him. Young win is a big win. That one was huge. <laughs> Todd Young one time it could be a Todd Young story. He is doing a phone call for the Georgia Senate runoffs because he was chairman of yeah. the NRSC. Right. And so he's trying to raise money. 
and he's doing a, a Zoom call with a whole bunch of us who are raising money for it. And as it turns out, the last Zoom call where you could really put money together, Carl Rove gets President Bush 43 to be willing to come onto the Zoom call, make some comments and, and take some questions from the donors in order to induce them to try to give more money. So it's gonna be a big thing, right? So um, Todd Young is introducing Carl, who will introduce the president. And in introducing Carl, in, in a moment that is just unbelievable, he introduces Carl as Bush's brain <laughs> with the president on the call. And I'm like, you know, so you think, you know, you were in the Zoom world, you're all, you know, you're all detached and separated. So you can't look at each other, right? right? You're like, right? So I'm like, am, am I crazy or was that just awful, right? So I because that like, was the hit at the time. I mean, that was what the, all the yeah. And there was a book, the, a hit yeah. book on it. All <laughs> and so before Carl gets to speak, like I'm texting Haley Barber, who's also on the call, going like, "Was that one of the most awful things you've ever heard in your life?" <laughs> and Carl then says, and "Carl feels like he has to got address smack it. back at at Todd, right?" And he's like. Well, Senator, let me first say thanks for the introduction, but there is only one brain for the 43rd president of the United States, and it's his. And all of us followed his instincts and his principles, and that's why we had the successful presidency that we did. And I was like, good try. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, I remember sitting there saying to myself, I can't believe that anybody, like, I know it must have been nerves, just like the lapse. president, and just because he's a great guy yeah. and 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 a really good senator, and certainly would never try to offend, right? No, not offend <laughs> Bush forty three of all people, right? <laughs> and, and yet, to, to to the president's credit, he, like like it never happened. Blew right through it. He just blew right. You know, he made fun of Carl, <laughs> right? He made he fun of Carl, well. which he does really well, and then just blew through it and talked about the two Senate races in in uh, in Georgia, and that was and that was that. But I remember sitting there saying to myself, like, "Oh my God, when this guy gets off the Zoom call, he's going to be like, I can't believe I did that." Right? Like, <laughs> anybody who's a professional politician, right? So, it was it, it, that's like the old Saturday Night Live thing where where they they you know uh, the guy's imitating Bush. Um, Will Farrell's imitating Bush, and he goes, mm, "Did I say that? That was an inside word. <laughs> yeah. Inside word got out. That was like what happened to poor Todd Young. There it was like it was an inside thing. He was thinking about that, and oh, oh it man. came out. It was terrible. It I happens really to the best of us. But happens that's to all of thing. us. That's a tough thing in that kind <laughs> it of call. Happens to all of us. But on that one with the president on the Cleveland. Uh, listen, I could sit and listen to Chris Christie's stories for like five hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do this again. I'm ready. All right. I'll be back down around here. We'll do another ride along sometime. Awesome. awesome. Governor Chris Christie, thanks for showing. Boys, thank you very much. And I got to say, so absolute banger of an episode myself. Thanks so much to the governor. Thank you so much to our listeners. Great, great episode, gentlemen. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. <laughs>